Hey everybody, guess who's here doing the thing on the night that he doesn't like to do the thing on because schedules are usually not very helpful. That's right, it's me. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease, and welcome to a special Monday night recorded edition of week nine of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season and postseason. And yes, once again, we are coming to you on Monday evening, just 10 minutes after 7 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, which means the Monday night football game is like more than an hour away from starting and schedules, as I have said, sometimes are what they are. So over the next two days, I'm in at work a lot. I have two shows to try to produce, and this is the only way that the NFL show was actually going to come out on time. So we are here recording on Monday evening, obviously without the benefit of having seen anything in the Kansas City Chiefs and New York Jets Monday night, sorry, New York Giants Monday night football game. So we're going to run with the assumption that I predicted the perfect score in that game, which is Kansas City 28, New York 27. That's what I took uh, six days ago when I recorded last week's episode. So we're going to run with the idea that that works out perfectly. And as you'll see in my results from the last week, I'm a fool to think that. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on last week's results. That's partly because, of course, the week is not done yet. And I, who knows, I could be go absolutely perfect on the game tonight. And the other side of that coin is it won't really matter one way or the other whether I do or I don't. Because I got absolutely obliterated in week eight to the tune of just four and ten straight up. And here's, here's how the week went. So I picked four uh, outright upsets last week to, you know, match with the rule of four. The rule of four did hit, and it hit like comfortably because there were have six upsets so far, of course, with the Monday Nighter left to come. I didn't get any of those right. So all six of those upsets, I picked the favorites, and all four of my upsets, the favorites won. So there's all 10 of my losses right there. So really, it was, it was in trying to find those upsets that uh, I really went off the rails in week eight. Now, luckily, a lot of people seem to really struggle in week eight. So I at least don't feel alone in that. But oh boy, after the really solid momentum I felt that I've picked up over the last three weeks, that was kind of a real punch in the mouth. But sometimes those are going to happen. And it's what happens from here on out that really defines how strong that punch was. So we're four and 10, right? So far anyway, we got to live with it. We got to move on. That has me 67 and 54 right now, of course, pending the results of the game last night or later this evening, I should say five and nine against the spread. So, I mean, God, I was better against the spread than I was straight up 55, 64 and two against the spread. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed the totals up to this point in the season, because this is probably going to be the last week that we're going to be doing them because I went an absolutely abysmal two and 12. And I think like I would have had to imagine how hard you have to work to go 12 and two. I went the opposite of that. 
So you almost have to work as hard, if not harder, to go two and twelve than you have to go twelve and two. So I, the the reality of the situation with the totals is I could hit double digits every week for the rest of the year and still like not be in what's considered like gambling money making territory of fifty two percent on the season. So am I likely to do that? No. So this is likely the last week that we'll be doing totals on the show. Stranger things have happened, but if I had to guess, that would probably be a good guess. Don't worry, I'll still be giving you final scores at the end of every game, but you know what? If you wanna if you wanna then glean my my total plays off of those, Mazel Tov, fill your boots, but I'm I'm just not gonna be picking over-unders anymore because blatantly I suck at them this year. Only went two and two straight up and two and two against the spread in the top picks last week, the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Cincinnati losing that baffling game against the New York Jets. And hey, Green Bay, I guess I should have had faith in them. Green Bay finds a way to beat Arizona 24 to 21. So that was a loss across the board in both of those games. Again, I did get Denver beating Washington and Buffalo beating Miami. And both of those did cover the spreads, Buffalo minus 13 and a half and Denver just minus the field goal. So I was able to salvage something, but it certainly was not a good week in the top picks. Obviously, once again, like I did a couple of weeks ago, I'll be dedicating the pinned comment of this week's episode to the actual final results in the pick'em pools. As of right now, fourth and ridiculous, Quevy's picks and TJ are winning week eight, that respectively in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, the Half Moon Against the Spread pool, and the Anti and Co. Straight Up pool. Fourth and ridiculous, Moby Polito and the Cat Rep in the PNW remaining the overall leaders in those three pools of course stuff could happen this evening you don't really know one thing i do know is that in the anti and co survival pool your boy is dead so i went with the cincinnati bengals last week of course like we just mentioned they lost bafflingly 34 to 31 to the jets so i am i'm done in that pool that was my second strike so i am out skis now i think five teams myself included got eliminated last week. So again, it was not a good week across the board. I think there's still a couple of teams that could potentially get eliminated tonight, depending on the results of tonight's game. There are 10 of 19 remaining in that pool. Eight of those 10 already have one strike still with the last game of week eight left to go. Taking a peek into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And as you know, if you go to the description of this video on YouTube, you are going to find my referral link, my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, where for as little as $3, you can get access to one of the absolute best tools available online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football, trade evaluations, player rankings, podcasts, does not matter how your league is configured. The Dynasty Trade Calculator does have you covered with excellent resources, and it really helps to give you that edge in long-term fantasy football, especially if you're a manager that thinks a couple of years ahead. Maybe you're a rebuilding team, but like if you've got that, really got that mindset for long-term fantasy, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is an invaluable tool that will help you win championships. So check out that referral link, which is in the description below. Get access to the Dynasty 
trade calculator. I do sit right now at three and one in the four of the six leagues that I think I could safely say are decided for this week. I do have two matchups that are really, really close, and I wouldn't exactly call them decided as of right now. One of those two matchups actually comes in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, where right now I'm in a matchup with Tim's crazy team that is within a single point. Now, he's done. I only have one player left. It's an individual defensive player, which we use in this league. I believe it's Nick Bolton, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I need a few points from him to feel comfortable that I'll win that matchup. Chances are I'm going to go to 6-2, and two, but I could fall to 5-3, and three, which could be trouble in that league. In the uh, NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, picking up my second win in a row, an upset win over Bone Crushers, who's one of the top teams in this league. That's going to move my record to three and five. Don't look now, but Bridgewater's Finest is on his way on the come up, if you will. Week nine, I got matchups with Turn Down for Watt and Geo Nose in those two leagues, respectively. The matchup with Turn Down for Watt right now is too close to call, just within a couple of points. Geo knows I'm projected to win, but I don't know whether Geo's looked at his lineup yet for next week, so obviously anything can happen in either of those matchups. And I'll take the opportunity to remind you, as I always do, that if you go to the description of this video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread, and for probably the last time, over under plays in week nine of the NFL season. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moon's Picks Against the Spread, as well as the Anti and Co. Straight Up Pick'em Pools for 2021. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. What gets me through those aggravating Monday evening recordings? I'm glad you asked. It's nerdtees.ca. Nerdtees.ca, where you can find dozens and dozens of incredible, delicious tea blends and tea accessories, anything to fit your needs or to find that gift for that hard to buy special somebody. You want to go to nerdtees.ca, where you want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST, and that is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is an excellent deal. You're also going to get a really good conversion rate on the US dollar, pretty well constantly, because the US dollar tends to be a pretty good clip above the Canadian dollar, so you're going to get that excellent conversion rate as well. Today's blend is an infrequently drank blend. It is lemon ginger. I usually reserve this for when I'm having my sick boy hours, whenever I'm not feeling well, my stomach's upset, I have a headache. I like to throw on a cup of this lemon ginger. It really just helps to, you know, calm the nerves and just generally makes me feel better. So I needed a little dose of happiness this evening. So we're going to grab the lemon ginger. But that is, again, one of just dozens and dozens of excellent options on nerdtees.ca. Use my promo code BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. We got four teams on by in week nine, including the Tampa Bay Bucks. So we've only got 14 games on the schedule this week. And look, I've mentioned it a little bit earlier. The rule of four hitting yet again in week eight. That means it is a flawless eight and O on the season. But consider this. Every year since I've been tracking the rule of four, it's lost at least three times. 
every year. I have no expectations of the rule of four going completely undefeated. It's never done that in a season before. I don't think it will. A little spoiler for the picks that are ahead, I do not have enough upset plays this week to qualify for the rule of four. I actually think the rule of four misses this week. I'm seeing a rebound coming this week for the betting favorites. They really took it on the chin last week. I genuinely think the betting favorites have a rebound week here in week nine. I do still have a couple of upsets for you because you know I'm never gonna go through a whole week without picking any upsets at all. I got a couple that are in there, but not enough to satisfy the rule of four. So bear that in mind, I don't think the rule of four actually hits this week. Let's kick things off, not with the Thursday night game, but we are gonna kick things off in Cincinnati. Division battle here of the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams coming up on the short end of the stick last week. Like I mentioned, baffling loss by the Bengals against the New York Jets, that just being the Jets' second win on this season so far. The Bengals dropped down to five and three and out of the lead in the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns, losers last week as well, losing 15 to 10 against Pittsburgh. Very low scoring game. The, the offense just really couldn't get much of anything going, even with Nick Chubb back in the lineup. So last week's a little extra difficult to swallow given that I, I really have started to believe in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals team. And make no mistake about it, it's not the offense. Because in that game last week against the Jets, every time the Jets would somehow score another touchdown, Joe Burrow would turn around immediately, march down the field, score one right back, and then look at his defense and go, can we get a stop, please? The problem was, no, they couldn't, at least not last week. So this Bengals defense that's been very, very good, uh, basically the whole season up to this point really looked like the same old Bengals last week. So obviously there are some alarms going off there. However, the path is getting no more simple for the Cleveland Browns, a team that takes a ton of penalties and is now dealing with a significant injury on the offensive line. It's tackle Jack Conklin. He dislocated his elbow in the game last week. He is considered week to week, will not play in this game. So that is obviously an uptick for the Bengals defense. It's a downtick for the entire offense, Baker Mayfield included, especially when you've got a quarterback who's dealing with like significant injuries to him, to his body. Like you, you don't want him taking more hits than he needs to. And if one of your starting tackles is not in there, you got to imagine a weaker offensive line is going to lead to more hits against your quarterback. Cincinnati, also one of the most disciplined teams in the NFL, taking one of the fewest penalty totals thus far in the entire league. I am going to roll with the Bengals here because I do genuinely think they are the better football team. They're not favorites in this matchup by a ton. They are a favorite, but only a small one. I'm going to take the Bengals at home to beat Cleveland. I'm also going to lay the three points on Cincinnati. They are favored by a field goal at home. I like him to win. It's a small price to pay. I'm going to go ahead and lay the three points on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I like this game to stay under, not by a ton, but I like it to stay under. So we're going to go under 46 and a half points in Cleveland, Cincinnati. Let's go Bengals 24, Browns 20.
Let's go to Dallas now. Cowboys taking on a Denver Broncos team, of course, in Dallas. A Broncos team that finally got back on the winning side of things after losing four straight games after starting the season 3-0. So they looked like one of the best teams in football, followed by one of the worst teams in football, and then finally got back on the happy side of things last week in a game against Washington. Dallas went into this Sunday night game without Dak Prescott. Dak became a game-time decision, very close to kickoff. He was ruled out. Cooper Rush took the duties of QB1 in that game and still led Dallas to a win in a primetime game. It wasn't a huge win. I think it was 20-16, to 16, but they still got the job done. This Cowboys team is one who protects the ball very well on the season. They generate turnovers, obviously, on the defensive side. They take a few more penalties than I'd like to see, but in general, I think this is a talented football team. Now, both of these teams dealing with injuries heading into the game this week. This is rather heavy this week on injuries, so, you know, buckle up, we'll be talking about them plenty. In both cases, actually, in this game, it's injuries coming on the offensive line. For Dallas, it's tackle Tyron Smith. Sprained his ankle. They are awaiting the significance of this sprain. I would be highly surprised if Tyron Smith plays in this game. And we've seen in years past, and we've even seen instances of it this year, this Dallas team is just a different football team when they're offensive line is not a hundred percent healthy and a hundred percent available to them they just tend to be a different football team the broncos made some noise earlier today with the trade of von miller sending miller to the la rams i believe a second and a third round pick coming back to denver for von miller and then they're dealing with an injury to garrett bowles he's a starting tackle as well he injured his ankle it's a grade two high ankle sprain he is week to week he will not play in this game either so you're taking big swaths away from this Broncos team. They got Jerry Judy back last week, which is obviously a, a good boost to their receiving core. But now you're down one of your best pass rushing linebackers on the outside. You're down a starting tackle. This is going to be a problem for Denver. I have to wonder if the trading of Von Miller signifies something bigger than, well, we probably should have traded him two years ago. So we're just going to go ahead and trade him now. I don't necessarily know how invested the Broncos front office is in this season, sort of in a vacuum. I got to go with Dallas here because I just, top to bottom, I think Dallas is the much better football team. Dallas should be getting Michael Gallup back either this week or fairly soon, I would think. Pretty soon, all these players that are on the physically unable to perform list are going to have to be activated if they're going to play this season at all. So, I would assume we're going to see Gallup back in the next couple of weeks. Whether we see him back or not, I still think the Cowboys get the job done against Denver. On the line, Dallas laying eight and a half points as a home favorite here. I'm going to go ahead and lay it with them. I think it's a two-possession game here, and uh, it's so this it's kind of a tight line, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the eight and a half because I think it's how it's going to land. Total in the game set at 49.5 points. I'm going to stick under on it. Not by a ton, again, like the last game, but I'm going to stay under. Under 49.5 points in Denver, Dallas. Let's go Cowboys 30, Broncos 17. Let's go to Miami now. Houston visiting the Miami Dolphins. My God, Dolphins and Texans. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this game. Both of these teams are bad. Capital B. 
both of these teams take a ton more penalties than they need to. Two of the least disciplined teams in football. Houston's getting the points. Miami's favored by a full touchdown, which I think is ridiculous for Miami to be favored by a full touchdown over, I think, anybody in this league. So I'm definitely taking the points because, my God, I can't lay a full touchdown on Miami. I'm actually going to take Houston to win this game outright. Why? Why not? Some underdogs are going to win this week. You might as well take one of the big underdogs against a team that does not deserve to be a big favorite. Let's see the upset here. Let's take Houston in Miami to beat the Dolphins. Obviously, very much going to be taking Houston plus the seven points. I like him to win outright. Even if I didn't, this would be a hedge all day, every day for me. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. Once again, these are not two good offenses. These are actually two pretty bad offenses in terms of moving the ball and putting points on the board. 46 and a half feels like a bit of a gift. Let's stick under 46 and a half points in Houston, Miami. We're going to go Texans 21, Dolphins 20. Let's go to New Orleans now. Division matchup of the NFC South. The Saints sitting at 5-2, taking on the 3-4 Atlanta Falcons. And like the Dallas-Denver game, this is a game where it's two teams dealing with uh, concerns of offensive players who will not be playing in the game. One is an injury and a significant one that's going to cost a player a full season. The other one, bit of a different story. So for New Orleans, it's quarterback Jameis Winston right there, quarterback position. He tore his ACL, also has MCL damage from a tackle last week. He is out for the season, which is tremendously unfortunate. Uh, Saints doesn't look like they're going to go out and try to get anybody. So clearly they think the answer at quarterback is in the room. I guess that's the way that they're going to go. I have to believe that is a at least somewhat of a measurable downtick for the offensive weapons that the New Orleans Saints have now in saying that they did go out and bring Mark Ingram back in so they've got that Kamara Ingram tag team at running back the the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt of the NFC South so they do have that going for them it looks like Ingram enjoys being back in New Orleans based on how he performed in the game last week so that's obviously good for them I'm not sure what the offense is going to look like without Jameis Winston at the helm we shall see in the weeks ahead now for Atlanta, again, it's a little bit different. It's wide receiver Calvin Ridley. For the second time in three weeks, Calvin Ridley did not play last week for personal reasons. He announced he's taking a step away from football to deal with his mental health. And I know that a lot of people were frustrated by this. Um, just because of the like immediacy of the decision, like one second it looked like he was going to play and the next second he's like, I'm actually taking a step away from football. So yes, it happened very suddenly and I don't expect, obviously don't expect Falcons fans to be overly happy about it. Look, this is a young player that will hopefully still have a long career in front of him. If he's got to step away from the game for a month, two months, what have you, in a season where Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's probably not going to do anything. So if he's going to step away, it's probably better for him to step away now. I find it hard to be mad at him over it. And this is somebody, like, I have him in my dynasty league. So, I mean, it, it, it impacts my fantasy football team. So I could at least be a little, like... Eh, like, you know, selfishly angry, right? But I just, I find it hard to be upset with somebody who's prioritizing their mental health.
While this is a matchup of two of the least penalized teams in football, Saints and Falcons actually very close in terms of the penalties that they've taken this year, one team is pretty darn good at protecting the football. The other team is a little more careless and reckless with things. The Saints definitely get the bounce here, and I think that's probably my most significant difference between these two teams. I'm taking the Saints to win. I'm leaning on the Saints' defense here to get the job done, probably get that critical takeaway that prevents the Falcons from coming down scoring potentially you know stealing a division game where anything can happen let's take the saints at home to beat atlanta on the line uh saints are favored by six points i'm gonna take those points on atlanta atlanta's defense has been playing fairly well as of late the saints offense is not lighting the league on fire by any means and just lost their starting quarterback so i don't know what i'm going to get kind of offensively from either one of these teams it's one of the lowest totals of the week at 42 and a half points i'm sticking under on it because i think this is going to be a defensive showcase on both sides I'm going to take the Saints to win, but I like Atlanta to cover plus six. Let's go Saints 21, Falcons 16. Go to New York now. Giants going to play host to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders going to come into this game well-rested, off the bye. One of the best teams in the NFL in terms of protecting the football. However, the discipline is definitely an issue. One of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Giants will, of course, be coming into this game on the short week. We'll have to see what happens in the Monday night football game this evening where they are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, by the way, playing host to Green Bay, who we'll talk about here in a couple of games. Raiders seem to have worked their way through that kind of offensive valley that they were going through there for a couple of weeks. The last two games scoring 34 and 33 points respectively. The defense has been humming along fairly consistently, only allowing about 24 points a game. And especially over the last month, they had one game like a month ago, I think, where they gave up 28. Other than that, it's been within like the low 20s, low to mid 20s. The defense playing fairly well. I think the offense will certainly be able to score some points on a Giants team that, aside from giving up the field goal last week, uh, 38 points and 44 points against in the two games previous to that. We'll have to see what happens this evening. But I like the Raiders upside here on the offensive side of the ball much more than I like the Giants. We'll have to see how healthy the Giants are or are not by the time this game kicks off. We're going to take the Raiders on the road in New York to beat the Giants. On the line, the Raiders are only laying three points as a road favorite. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay, so I'm going to bite on that and I'm going to lay the three points on Vegas. Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. This is the first game this week I'm going to be going over on. I think this game gets into the 50s. So we're going to go over 47 and a half points in Vegas, New York. Let's go Raiders 31, Giants 24. Let's go to Carolina now. The Panthers, inarguably one of the most frustrating teams for me to try to pick with this season. Playing host of the New England Patriots. Patriots on the tail end here of back-to-back -back road games. But the Patriots... They're starting to look a little bit like the Patriots, aren't they? They're winners of two straight games, evening their record up at four and four. I certainly don't think they're going to catch the Bills to win the division. The Bills are far and away one of the best teams in the AFC, if not one of the best teams in football. I don't think the Patriots are quite there because, I mean, we saw in the game last week, Mac Jones did not play well in that game. The Patriots still got the win, but Mac Jones didn't play all that well. 
So I don't think that the Patriots are a threat right now to the Bills. However, the Patriots can beat middle-of-the-road football teams. That's exactly what I think the Carolina Panthers are. Now, Carolina will likely be getting Christian McCaffrey back for this game, which obviously is a significant uptick for the offense. He can put points on the board, extend drives, makes the Carolina Panthers significantly better. However, you have to know that this Carolina team is not that reliable. They take a lot of penalties, way more penalties than they should take. They're also dealing, obviously, with the injury to Sam Darnold. He got a concussion in the game last week. He's in protocol. There is no update on him right now. If he can't clear protocol, this is going to be a start for P.J. Walker against Bill Belichick, against that defense. Whether he's got run CMC or not, that's a downtick at quarterback. Sam Darnold has not exactly looked great for a lot of this season, but there have been periods where Sam Darnold has played incredibly well. But you put P.J. Walker against that Bill Belichick defense, I'm going to go with the Bill Belichick defense. Let's take the Patriots on the road, even though it's on the tail end of back-to-backs. Patriots on the road in Carolina beat the Panthers. On the line, the Panthers are taking three and a half points as a home dog, but I'm going to lay the three and a half on the Patriots. I think this is a two possession game, so I should have no problem at all laying three and a half points. It's less than a full possession. We're going to go ahead and lay those points. Total in the game set at 41. I think this is pretty close, actually, to what this is going to wind up being. But I'm going to lean over on this one. Just It's, it's a play on the number because it's such a low number. So we're going to go over 41 points in Patriots-Panthers. Let's go New England 27, Panthers 16. Let's go to Philly now. Eagles are going to play host to the LA Chargers, two teams that have confounded me now for a few seasons. I, there are certain teams that you just really, you, you try so hard to get a grip on betting properly with these teams, and you can't fully bet with them because you've been burned too many times, and you can't fully bet against them because you've been burned too many times. The Eagles winners last week sitting at 3-5 and five in second place in the NFC East ahead of the Giants and Washington, of course, trailing uh, the Cowboys by, what is that? That's uh, three and a half games, so don't think there's really any threat to the Cowboys not winning this division, at least it's certainly not looking that way right now, but... Look, props to the Eagles for winning that game last week. The Chargers, on the other hand, again, this is a team that, again, has confounded me for so long. Losers of two straight. And with the team that they have on paper, and this is this has been the late motif of the Chargers, with the team they have on paper, like this team should be making AFC title game appearances. They really should. And lately, it's been just another case of letdown. Now, the offense has played okay. Two weeks ago, they only scored six points. Last week, they scored 24, so that was better. A couple weeks ago, they scored 47 to win the game. I think that was the game against Cleveland, the 47-42 game against the Browns. So the offense has been okay. The defense has been really bad the last three weeks, 27, 34, and 42. This defense is not stopping anybody, and that obviously is a huge problem. 
it's a huge problem against anybody. And this is an Eagles offense that's kind of on an uptick a little bit. The last uh, three weeks prior to last week, 22, 22, and 21. I mean, last week they explode for 44 points against the lowly Detroit Lions. I can't believe that was one of my upset picks. Wow, did I ever get smacked in the face on that one? But look, you know, you it doesn't matter who your opponent is. You don't score 44 points if you can't do some stuff on offense. I think that winds up being the biggest mismatch in this game. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles at home as a slight moderate home dog, even though the Eagles are dealing with injury in the offensive line. It's guard Jack Driscoll injured his hand. There's no update yet, so he certainly hasn't been ruled out in this game. But despite that injury, despite the penalties that the Eagles take, I'm still going to take them to get a tight win here over the Chargers. On the line, the Chargers are laying two and a half points as a road favorite. I like the Eagles to win, so obviously I'll be happy to take the two and a half points. Total in the game set at 50. We are going to stick under on this total, probably by a full possession, actually. So we're going to go under the 50 points in Chargers-Eagles. Let's go Philadelphia 23, Los Angeles 20. Now we talk about the Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs at home playing host to the Green Bay Packers matchup of short week versus long week where we have the Chiefs playing this evening and we had the Packers with that uh, unbelievable to me upset win on Thursday night football without Devontae Adams. And look, I tweeted this. It wasn't just without Devontae Adams. They don't have David Bakhtiari. They don't have Jair Alexander. They didn't have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They didn't have Alan Lazard. They don't have Zadarius Smith. Like, they don't have big pieces of this offense and of this defense, and they still beat the last unbeaten team in the NFL. People are going to get sick of hearing about it because people have been talking about it for almost a week now. But, oh my God, is there anything this team can't do? And some people are going to say, yes, they can't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City uh, on, you know, uh, like coming off of that. They, they're not going to be able to do that. Well, look, the Packers are going to be getting most of those players that I talked about back. Looks like Devontae is going to start practicing on Thursday. He should be available well ahead of this game. MVS looks like he's going to be available for this game. Zadarius Smith, we still don't know. Bakhtiari is practicing, although he has not been elevated off of the pup list yet. This team is getting healthier, and that obviously is a great sign as we kind of approach the dog days of the season. The Chiefs, it's kind of going to be dependent on what happens tonight. I think they're in for a dogfight tonight with an underhanded, or underhanded, understaffed, I should say, Giants team. And look, you can't look past the fact that the, this is a Chiefs team that has not been careful with the ball this year. They're playing a team in Green Bay that does not make mistake, make their own mistakes. They don't hurt themselves. They don't take a ton of penalties. They're careful with the football. They're not going to give you many more opportunities. The Kansas City Chiefs, that's been the defining thing of their season, is giving their opposing teams more chances, not protecting the football. They're one of the worst teams in the league at protecting the ball. I like Green Bay in the upset here. I think the Green Bay Packers are a better football team, certainly on the defensive side. And if it comes down to it, I think this Packers defense gets the job done in Kansas City. Here's my upset of the week. Packers beat the Chiefs in KC. On the line, Chiefs are laying three points as the home favorite. Obviously, I like Green Bay to win. Let's take those three points on the Packers. 
Total in the game, 55 and a half. It's the biggest total of the week. I hate going over on the biggest total of the week, but I'm going to because I think this game lands in the high 50s, pushing 60. So we're going to go over 55 and a half points in Green Bay, Kansas City. Packers win a shootout, 37-23. Let's go to San Francisco now. This another divisional battle. This one of the NFC West. 49ers playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. So as we mentioned, Cardinals dropping their first game of the season that Thursday nighter against Green Bay. They're 7-1 and one now on the season. Niners at 3-4. and four. And actually, as I'm recording this episode... I got a fantasy football ping that Debo Samuel and now has the questionable tag off of what would have been like a walkthrough of practice today. So I guess if they would have practiced today, Debo would not have participated. So we're going to have to obviously keep an eye on that as the week progresses. He's a big part of their offense. But look, one way or the other, whether Debo's in there or not, the Niners don't protect the football very well. You got a Cardinals team here, obviously, that knows the Niners very well. They've got the benefit of the long week, having played all the way back on Thursday. The Cardinals do protect the football very well. They take a few too many penalties for an elite team in this league. You want to see them clean up the discipline side of things. If they do that... There's nobody in the league this Cardinals team can't beat. And I certainly cannot say the same thing about a Niners team that has looked a little Jekyll and Hyde to me on the season. The Niners did get the win last week. I'm not taking anything away from them for getting that victory. But uh, I don't like their prospects in this game this week. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals here on the road in San Francisco. I don't see the Cards losing two straight games. So let's take Arizona to beat San Fran. On the line, Arizona's only laying two and a half points here as a road favorite. This feels really good to me. I really like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the two and a half on the cards. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I like the under here. I think this is a trench war, a battle of the two defenses. So we're going to go ahead and take under 46 and a half points in Arizona, San Francisco. We're going to go cards 23, Niners 13. And the last game we're going to look at sees the Pittsburgh Steelers at home playing host to the Chicago Bears. Steelers in the process of resurrecting themselves like WWE's Undertaker. Their eyes rolled back in the head. They started the season one and three. All of a sudden, they've reeled off three straight wins, and they're starting to look like the Pittsburgh Steelers team of the last couple of years. That defense has started to play punishing football. Steelers have not given up more than 20 points in the last three weeks. Obviously, their offense is leaving things to be desired. You'd like to see this team be able to score more points. But one of the teams that's scoring fewer points than the Steelers over the last month is the Chicago Bears. They've scored 22 points, 3 points, 14 points, and 20 points in their last four games. Now, unlike the Steelers, the Bears defensively, especially the last two two weeks, but really over the last month as a whole, that defense has not looked good. They've given up 33 points and 38 points in their last two games, 26 points on average over the last four. This defense does not look the way it normally does. And with the offense not clicking, you would hope that the defense would pick up the slack. The Bears defense is not doing that right now. So you definitely got to take the Steelers, I think, in this one. We're going to take Pittsburgh at home to beat the Bears. I struggled with this one against the spread, and I flip-flopped my pick here a couple of times. Right now, the Steelers are laying six and a half points. So it's nearly a full touchdown. 
but the first couple times I capped this game, I had Chicago covering this number. But genuinely, I think with the way the Bears defense is playing right now, I don't think I can trust them to cover that number against Pittsburgh, even though the Steelers offense is struggling. I genuinely think Pittsburgh's going to score just enough to get this job done. I think probably a half point one way or the other. I'm going to lay the points on the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the six and a half. Total in the game is set at 40. I'm going to stick under on the total, just barely. I think this is really one of those razor, razor thin games. The kind of game you either go 3-0 on or you go 0-3. I don't think there's anything in between with this one. We're going to stick under 40 points in Pittsburgh, Chicago. Steelers, 23. Bears, 16. All right, here we go, folks. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week nine in the NFL. We'll start, as always, with the bronze pick. Seven and one straight up. Six and two against the spread. Even money, four and four on the totals this year. And that is with this pick completely whiffing last week. A loss in all three of those columns last week. We look to get back on the happy side of things in week nine with the bronze pick, which is the Indianapolis Colts at home playing host to the New York Jets. There's no bloody way the Jets do this twice in a row, right? The Jets were the beneficiaries of playing a defense last week in the Cincinnati Bengals that just for whatever reason kind of had a bit of a brain fart and forgot that they were the Bengals of 2021, instead deciding to play like the Bengals of 2019. So look, they could not get a stop on defense in that game. I don't think the Indianapolis Colts are going to have that problem. This is one of the most disciplined teams in football. They're very careful with the football when they have it on offense. They generate turnovers on defense. Both of these teams are dealing with injuries heading into this one. And just because the Jets won the game last week doesn't mean they're not one of the sloppier teams with the football in the NFL. But let's talk about those injuries. For the Colts, defensively, it's on the defensive line, defensive tackle, Tyquan Lewis. He injured his knee, and unfortunately, he is done for the season. So that is definitely a downtick to the Colts' pass rush. Where they may get a little bit of that back is the fact that the Jets' starting tackle, George Fant, he injured his ankle last week. No update on him. Chances are, I don't think he plays this week. Where it's an ankle, it's probably a sprain. Even if it's a low ankle sprain, I don't think he plays this week. And that is obviously a downtick for a Jets offense that, you know, kind of feeling themselves after last week. Which, by the way, Michael Carter, right? I think I'm pretty sure I told you about him like last week or the week before. You might want to go out and get Michael Carter. It may be too late. The price on him has officially gone up in fantasy football. I think he's got like RB2 flex value the rest of the way this year. I'm really high on Michael Carter here in the back half of the season. I feel nothing but confidence about the Colts getting this job done. I'm going to take Indianapolis in a big way at home over the Jets. I just can't see the Jets doing it twice in a row. On the line, the Colts are laying 10 and a half points which they don't really feel like a team that you lay 10 and a half points on, do they? But I think this line is a trap. I've got this as like a three possession game. So I don't feel bad at all about laying the 10 and a half points because I think that's the way it's going to end up. Maybe I feel a little bad about it, but I think the 10 and a half is how it's going to land. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the 10 and a half points on Indianapolis. 
Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I think this goes over. I think Indy does a great job of getting a lot of this number on their own. So we're going to go ahead and go over 46 and a half points in Colts Jets. Indianapolis straight up. We're laying the 10 and a half points with the Colts at home in a game that goes over 46 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. Colts 35, Jets 14. My silver pick where I'm still unbeaten on the year at 8-0 straight up. Even money against the spread at 4-4 four and four and just under 500 on the total at 3-5. and five. Sees the Buffalo Bills traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game because you know exactly where I'm going with it. Bills, the single best ball control team in the NFL. Jags, the single worst ball control team in the NFL. Just because Josh Allen is on Monday Night Manning cast tonight does not mean that he is subject to the quarterback curse that is currently plaguing the quarterbacks that make appearances on that show. Buffalo in a moonwalk in this game. Bills hammer the Jags. Quite frankly, the only reason this game is not higher on my picks is because I took Buffalo with the platinum pick last week, so I really didn't want to get boring. Bills are laying the most points this week at 14 and a half as a road favorite. This game has blowout written all over it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm laying the 14 and a half points and not giving it too much extra thought. Total in the game is 48 and a half. I'm going to stick under on it because I don't know what I'm going to get from the Jags offensively, especially if they're dealing with James Robinson at less than 100%, which is what it sounds like it's going to be. I think he plays, but he's certainly not at 100%. So we're going to take the Bills covered minus 14 and a half, and the game is going to stay under 48 and a half points. That is the silver pick. Bills 38. Jags will give them a tud. Seven. My gold pick, 6-2 and two straight up, even money against the spread, and 2-6 on the total so far this year, sees the Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. This is somewhat of a play on an injury situation for the Vikings, and also just a play on the fact that, you know, I think the Ravens are an incredibly good football team. They're also well-rested coming into this game off of their bye week. They take some of the fewest amounts of penalties in the NFL so far this year. Year. And again, Vikings dealing with a defensive injury. It's defensive end Danielle Hunter that is no small piece of that defense. He has a shoulder injury. He was supposed to have an MRI. I have yet to see the results of that MRI, but the fear was that he tore his pec. So if he tore his pec, he's done for the year. And that is a big blow to the pass rush and the front seven defense of the Minnesota Vikings makes them an easier team to run on. That's what I think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are going to do. And I think that's going to wind up being the most significant difference in this football game. I like Baltimore to get the win. Let's take Baltimore at home to beat Minnesota. Now on the line, the Ravens are laying five and a half points as a home favorite. This is pretty close to what I think the final score lands, but the way I think it lands, Baltimore covers this number. So I'm going to lay those points, the five and a half with Baltimore. I wouldn't be shocked if this line moves a little bit, but I think this is probably pretty close to what it winds up being uh, come game time. So, I'm, you know, barring any kind of major injury in practice or anything, but I'm going to lay the five and a half on the Ravens. Total in the game set at 49 and a half points. I like this way over. This is probably my favorite total of the week. Over 49 and a half points in Baltimore, Minnesota. 
Ravens straight up were laying the five and a half points with the Ravens in a game that goes over 49 and a half points. That is my gold pick. We're going to go Baltimore 38, Minnesota 30, and the platinum pick seven and one straight up and even money both against the spread and over under the Los Angeles Rams playing host of the Tennessee Titans with inarguably the biggest injury of last week, that being Derek Henry, a foot injury that the maniac wound up playing through. He has a believe a broken bone in his uh, one of the metatarsals in his foot one foot uh, surgery scheduled. He likely misses at least the rest of the regular season, if not into the playoffs. And that is a massive blow to the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people kind of galaxy braining and analytic going, Oh, well, you know, based on this result and this result, they probably still win the AFC South. Look, you're going to have to see them play and see how different this team is without Derrick Henry. They did sign Adrian Peterson, but Adrian Peterson's like 106 years old. Yes, he is a freak of nature, but we're going to have to see it before we believe it. What I do see, and I don't mind telling anybody, is a Los Angeles Rams team that is very good at protecting the football, takes very few penalties, whereas the Titans take one of the most the highest frequencies of penalties in the NFL. Titans are also on the tail end of back-to-back road games. And I see a Rams team that just traded for Vaughn Miller. So very clearly, this Rams team is all in to win a championship this year. And if they're going to win a championship this year, this is not a spot they can afford to lose in. So obviously, I'm going to be on the Rams in this one in a big way. I like LA to topple Tennessee and to do so pretty convincingly. On the line, the Rams are laying seven and a half points as a home favorite. I think this is a three possession game, so I have no problem laying the seven and a half points right along with the LA Rams. Total in the game set at 54. This is the second highest total of the week. And I have it going over, but just by a couple. I think this Rams offense is going to look real good in this football game as they have looked basically the entire season. I'm very interested to see whether Von Miller gets in in this first game this week or if they have to give him a week to learn the playbook. But he only makes that defense more dangerous. So we're going to take the 54 and we're going to go over on it by about a field goal over 54 points in Los Angeles, Tennessee. Rams straight up. We're going to hammer the Rams minus seven and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 54 points. That is the platinum pick Rams 37 Titans 20. There you go, folks. The Monday night week nine picks are in and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week eight episode goes to my good friend, Andrew Warren, as well as Carver the Clown, basically his alter ego. Obviously, Halloween is their jam. Andrew had an excellent comment on the video last week, which said, don't feel bad about your over under picks. I'm struggling with that, too. Well, it's good to know I'm not alone. Not giving up on it yet. Well, maybe I won't either. Who knows? Not sure about Miami and Buffalo. Miami plays well against division teams. Won't be surprised if Buffalo fails the spread. Now, it's worth pointing out, Buffalo beat the spread that I got on Tuesday. However, I, that spread got up to like 16 and a half points or something, and I'm pretty sure Buffalo only won that game by exactly 16 points. So Buffalo did not cover against the kickoff spread. As a matter of fact, at kickoff, the spread was exactly minus 15, which means that game wasn't against the spread push. So technically, Andrew was correct in saying that. 
I think the Patriots-Chargers game is a 702 alert. Patriots may upset the Chargers because the Chargers struggle against the run. And how prophetic does that wind up being? The Patriots do, in fact, upset the Chargers 27 to 24. I may be wrong, but you never know. Good luck, Justin, and happy Halloween. Carver the Clown says hi. Well, look, Carver, I hope you had a happy Halloween. Andrew, you were kind of Nostradamus in that comment, and yours is the comment of the week from the Week 8 episode. That's the show for you folks for week nine. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for sticking with me through what was obviously a very difficult week picks wise. Hey, enjoy Monday night football tonight, even though you're not going to hear this until Tuesday. Enjoy the games in week nine. We'll see you again for week 10.